Welcome to episode blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. yeah. This is... Uh, 4.15. Yes. Welcome back to another uh, Matt Spore uh, podcast. Um, I've your one and only ever host, uh, except for also Peter's here. So Yay! Yeah. Um, also, we may uh, if you if you've heard of Chris being on the podcast before, um, that's that's all gone now. It's just us. Uh, Chris is gone forever, and I'm sure he'll be mad at me later. But that's okay now. Um, also, Jesse was there. Um, but yeah, did you have an actual intro or I don't know? I'm riffing. Oh, I was just gonna say it, it's a Chrisless miracle. <laughs> that's a fantastic episode. Also, if uh, this episode comes out at a weird time, blame me, because Chris gave me the ability to actually upload it. Yes. I'm sure he won't regret that. Of course. Anyway, uh, I, I don't have audio samples of uh, Emily or Jacob, so, Matt? So, oh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> theme song. Three, two, one, zero! We're back. Wasn't that a great theme song? That was, you know, just the same same theme song because I don't have anything else. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that you were able to get something recorded so fast, Peter. Um, like it, you, you almost couldn't tell that it was like just you that make that like did all of the recording for it. So it was amazing. It's crazy. I know. Yeah, no, I I've I've got a real vocal talent. Um, yeah. So have, did Chris... you find out what an aerial is? No. Okay. No, I, have, I, I have still don't have a good joke that. Have we joke to death yet? Like, I was beating jokes to death? Never. Um, exactly. So because Chris loves his wife, he's not here. Ah, uh, of course. That's what I always say whenever he's off doing stuff with his wife. Loser. Having a happy marriage. I got one of those. I think. Yeah, nice. Mel, you happy? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is actually a great segue <laughs> to... Because one of the last times I saw you in person, we did a special trade... And your wife was there. That's true. But you got the special trade, not her. That's... And I'm just going to point out, I'm better friends with your wife on Pokemon Go than I am with you. You see, the, the problem is that I've been... I've decided that I'm also playing, like, currently three other games. And so, um, trading or doing, like, Pokemon gifts in the evening. I still don't understand why they haven't decided, like, to add in, like, a way to do bulk trades or something. Because... Yeah. I... For me, it's quite time-consuming because I also have like over two hundred and fifty friends on my one account. Mm. So that is tedious. Yeah. Although I, f- I finally figured out how to transfer Pokemon from Go into Arceus, which ah, I've been yeah. playing a bit. So that's helped me uh, fudge getting certain Pokemon, which has been nice because otherwise you normally have to find uh, space-time distortions to get like more. Rowlets or uh, Cyndaquils or whatever. In this case, I could just catch them and go and then give them to myself. Right. Which has definitely saved some time. Actually, you know, there's one but... thing... I, I Actually, you know, I, need to, I want to look it up right now. But one of the things that I remember... Because um, if, if, if you have a Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you should be able to do is if you link up... Poke, or if you've already linked up Pokemon Go with Pokemon Home, when you send a Pokemon from Go to Pokemon Home... It'll activate the the mystery box or whatever in the game, 
Yeah. And it basically works like an incense, and I think during this current event, you can actually get uh, shiny melt hands. Oh. Yeah. So I, I, for, I forgot Cause I, about. Yeah, because that's how you get melt hands. But I, yeah. if that gets you shiny melt hands. Yeah. Because like the, the problem with melt hand is it's one of those ones that is, um, it's event locked the shiny. So mm. right, like outside of the event, you can do Meltan boxes like one a day for a year, and you'll never get a shiny. But if it's during an event, then you can. It's kind of like when, like with shiny Smeargle, that only shows up during like photo day or something. There's um, mm-hmm. so like I think I've got one on each of my accounts, but it's uh, also an event shiny. Um, yeah. But let's say this is Adventure Week. So this again for everyone who's currently not playing Pokemon Go right now. There's a whole bunch of fossil Pokemon everywhere. It's great. Um, yeah, especially if, and they're really encouraging you to visit new Pokestops as well as walk 25 kilometers in the next few days. Yeah, uh, I've. I think Saturday is the last day or something. I've actually Let's finished most of my my research for that. Oh, me too. Yeah, because um, I, I know. Oh, I, can't I, I did 50 Pokestops in one day. <laughs> nice. I, I went downtown Kelowna, so that's true. It's very it's not hard to do those ones, so you just have to like basically plan an actual outing to do it. Um, oh yeah. For me, what I did is I um, was able to finish I think both of mine in one day. Like it took like two or three days just playing regular. Um, mm. Unfortunately, um, raid hour la- this last Wednesday was absolutely just like pissing rain, and so mm-hmm. we we went out in the car and did like a raid or two. Um, but unfortunately, Groudon is not weather boosted in the rain, so that kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, it's um, what I what, sorry, what I got off track. What I did is I um, I have my Pokemon Go Plus, and so mm. I, I was able to connect that up and just like moving through uh, downtown Fredericton uh, during uh, rush hour traffic is slow enough, and I can have my phone off, so appeasing the no no phone while driving laws and basically just holding in one hand the button so when it buzzes I just push it which is really handy oh nice so yeah it's it a, does sound handy I should consider that considering how many stops around here are right next to like sidewalks the the one downside that I'll say with it is um, if, if you're unable to look at your phone kind of like when you need to um, what can end up what'll end up happening is you'll You'll, it'll be wanting to spin all the stops around you, but you bag, once your bag's full, it'll just, like, flash white, and you're like, oh, my bag's full, mm-hmm. so now I gotta, like, go in and do more stuff on it. So it's, like, right at the start, it's best to, just, like, dump all of the regular Pokeballs you have, like, even if it's, like, a crap ton, because you will finish filling it back up by the time you're done. Uh, it's, it's, like, the most common thing that comes out of uh, spinning the stops, so it can be good that way. Anyway... I totally was going to look up uh, Adventure Week Challenge. I wanted to check about Meltan. Oh, yeah, no, because absolutely. Because if you're a Pokemon fan who has more than one Pokemon game and you want to transfer Pokemon between them, get Pokemon Home, assuming you're comfortable sharing your data, because, I mean, of course, it's one of the many things that farms your data. But in particular, yeah. like, yeah, it'll let me transfer Pokemon from Go to Arceus, which is awesome. Yeah, I've. That's actually something I'm a little disappointed well, let me in myself. For Pokemon for... I've, mm-hmm. I've like also been playing Pokemon Arceus, um, 
but I have not played nearly as much as I would have liked. I've played it like all about twice when I first started it up and then on the plane coming back to Freddy uh, here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's... Uh, But I was gonna, I was gonna kind of segue. I, would, I wanted to comment though, what's kind of annoying is that it looks like they're trying to phase out remote raids more and more. They, they're really which I gotta tell you, it. Which I gotta tell you, if they do that, I'm gonna stop playing, because that's one of the main reasons I play. Because it's like, oh, perfect, I wanna do a raid. I'll text Matt, or I'll message Matt. Yeah. it's I Or whatever. As best I can tell, they're trying to double dip in their profits, and I can kinda understand, because you know what, like, why not? If you can get money from both people and sell their data, then... It just makes business sense. But what I hate is that they're doing it at the expense of their player base. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's absolutely going to destroy the player base if they fully get rid of remote raids. Well, like, it was... I know, like, I remember playing before, and it was one of those issues that, like, sometimes you'd be, someone would be like, you'd have to set up a Discord group or whatever, and be like, oh, we're looking to do this one here, and we're going to start the raid at this time or whatever. And someone would be like, oh, I'm almost there. Hold on. I need to, like, wait five more minutes whatever but like at some point you kind of just have to go and then someone shows up late and it really sucks because like they've they've just rushed over and now they can't do it but like at least with a, a remote raid it's like oh you're running a little bit late oh, okay we'll just spend a buck or whatever and now you have a remote raid pass and i i can understand that they're really trying to encourage people to get back out there but you know there's this <laughs> this this elephant in the room that i just i feel like is kind of it's been a big deal over the last two years, and I feel like it's been on just what everyone's mind in the last little bit for recently. But, you know, there's still a global pandemic going on, and mm-hmm. although most places are doing their very best to pretend like it doesn't exist anymore, um, it is, in fact, still there, and it's not great that they're really, like, I don't know, that Niantic has basically just decided that, you know what, y'all are expendable, might as well all get back together cuddle or whatever i don't it's know it's not just them i mean uh the penny arcade expo at um pax east in boston apparently a volunteer there one of the enforcers who are like the you know the volunteers who help like organize lines and stuff right. caught covid and died Ooh. yeah, yeah that's not the no i mean obviously if you want to play the stupid number game i mean you know forty thousand people oh just one died but i mean it's like you know this is still a problem. Yeah, well, like, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like people have really just forgotten that like what a human life actually is worth and that like mm. no amount of a person's business savvy or business success should be measured in how many lives were lost or threatened. Um, oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, this is one of the other things, like, one of the people they're doing with the friggin' Uvalde shootings is they're trying to minimize the fact that, like, no, the United States doesn't have a lot of gun deaths. I mean, look at this per capita, but the problem is they're, first of all, citing a study that is incredibly inaccurate. Yeah. And second of all, they're still just trying to minimize the fact that kids got decapitated by gunfire. It's fucked up. Like, it's, yeah, or the, they had the one, um, was that one girl was giving evidence or whatever, not, or, like, during a hearing or something, was saying that she literally, like, like smeared her friend's blood on her body to make it look like mm. she was dead so that she wouldn't get shot. Like that's some that's that's effed up. Yeah. It's yeah. 
Well, I don't have a good yeah. uh, segue out of that, so I'm just going to... Let's just do hard reset, and I still don't have an answer on whether Meltan is back. Also, I know that we probably shouldn't get super, super political because reasons, but I don't know. I feel like there's... We're just not experts at nothing else. That's that's super true. There, I don't know. I just There's a whole lot of stuff effed up in the world, and so, I don't know. Let's talk about sexy uh, Pokemon characters. True. What were they called again? Okay, I've got the names. So... Okay. This is this is based like they did a reveal for um, some of the characters that are going to be in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is coming out before the end of the year because Pokemon they're trying to do more or less annual releases. And the two new professors are Professor Sada and Professor Turo. Right now, Sada looks like a jungle queen with like braids that are kind of look like Umbreon ears, and then they put a lab coat on her, Excellent. which is an interesting design choice. Whereas Professor Turo, uh, I believe Turo is Violet, S- Sada is Scarlet, and it may be Sada, I don't know. Ooh, also, uh, I but Turo... Something else I noticed um, is, like, like I think in um, Violet is, like, somehow it's, like, related to grapes or something, but Scarlet looks mm. like, or the Scarlet looked like it was related to, like, maybe Blood Orange or something. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 I remember seeing that in, like, one of the symbols or something. I'm sure someone's done Sorry, a way better in Sorry, I need to get this depth. joke out about... Uh, Okay, sorry. I just wanted to get this joke out about Turo. Uh, Turo looks like uh, he's a member of the Brotherhood of Steel. Like, he's probably the commander. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then meanwhile, yeah, there's there's a, apparently a female rival trainer named Nimona, and, um, yeah. Isn't her, like, name literally <laughs> translated as no one? Yeah. And she's also, like, all haughty and, like, potentially alpha bitch looking. And then I love that the protagonist is just a freaking... Your your player character with your boy or girl is just like a little a dork, a ten year old dork in short shorts. So it's like all these characters look sexy, and you were just like, man, if you even try to sexualize this character, that's effed up. It's um, it's it's so it's so weird. It's like, but I mean, it's the, a, it's Pokemon's a far been cry doing this for from, a while. Uh, it's it's a far cry from what happened during um, uh, was the Unova uh, characters. <laughs> so like here, like look at the buns or whatever on the side. It's like. Eesh. Uh, which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elisa, or whatever her name is. Yeah, so, well, some of them were just were... like, was like, okay, this, this is a kid's game, right? Like, Yeah. Well, Elisa had, like, this weird puffy jacket thing. I don't even know how to describe it. It's impossible to describe. And but and then it's like, yeah, yeah it's like uh, Professor Juniper, I think, kind of had a midriff. But, like, other than that, it's... And then, like, Hilda, I think, was the, was the female protagonist. So it's right, just like... Right. But even that's not over. It's just she's wearing shorts because it's hot out. It's, you know, not overly sexualized. But then you get characters, some other characters, where it's just like, you know, these characters are DTF. What the hell? And then these ones, it's like now even Kotaku has finally noticed. Like that's what kind of brought this up. Is like Kotaku is like, why are these professors so sexy? Because it's Spain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love how Kotaku had articles like that this week, and also had an, an in-depth article on the screwed-up development of Fallout 76 that really goes into, like, the unhealthy business practices that Bethesda used for that. So it's like, on the one hand, really good, in-depth, behind-the-scenes game journalism, and then, why are these professors hot? <laughs> I think, I think though, I know... what we're all really missing out on is the fact that there's um, a new pink Pokemon called Lechonk. That is amazing. I know. It's fantastic, and I think there's already, like, stuffies of it that people, like, because people want one already. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's fantastic. 
Also, um, All right. what was the other one? It was a small of I think was. Small of yes. Yeah. And it's like welcome Which to small of garden. There's already a great. Something. Yep, small of garden. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget there was that meme going around where it's like, why? Are, it's like, is like, he's like, tell us why are you small? Well, basically, I am small. <laughs> and so it was like perfectly timed for that stupid meme. Yeah, well, basically, uh, I am small of. Yep. <laughs> So, Matt, I'm going to let you segue. I'm, you have I'm two topics. I'm still trying to find shiny Meltan info. Um, but I don't know. I keep looking. Do you want to tell stories of your adventure? Yeah, that's probably better use of my time. Um, mm. Okay, hang on a second. Yeah, get that out of here. Okay. I've got a map open just so I can kind of follow along on your journey if possible. <laughs> that's super fair. All right, so um, spe- speaking of this journey, uh, this la- um, yeah, I guess not the weekend that this is coming out, but the pre- previous weekend... Uh, I was blessed to have a kind of impromptu long weekend. I basically had Friday off, and I'd swapped my Saturday shift with somebody else, so I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So we're like, okay, well, this is going to be nice and impromptu, but like, what should we do? And we're like, well, we have not yet been to PEI. We've been in the Maritimes now for two years, and due to pandemic and just shenanigans and unfortunate timings and whatnot, we hadn't really done anything. So, like, we'd been to St. John's twice, at, or sorry, St. John, New Brunswick, not the not in Newfoundland, but we've been there twice, we've been to St. Andrew's twice, and we're like, okay, well, you need to do something a little more exciting and fun. So, we planned a very quick trip to PEI and got to see some really cool stuff. Um, on the first stop on the trip, though, we're still in New Brunswick, we went to Shediac, which is uh, home to the largest lobster statue in the world. So that was fantastic. I'll have to get the pictures from Mel, but uh, we got a great picture of me um, uh, stuck in a lobster claw, uh, as well as um, there's like a there's like a concrete like fisherman like standing like um, like between like the lobster claws or whatever, and just like looking out into onto the horizon. So I'm like copying his pose, just like looking out at them. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, um, fun little fact is the, um, one of the other things that's nearby here in Fredericton is, uh, there's a farmer's market called Baked Potato. So very descriptive, not really super exciting there, mm-hmm. except for the fact that they have like a 15 foot tall giant potato. It kind of looks like a cross between a potato and Mr. Peanut, um, out front. <laughs> And it's made of concrete, so it's not just, like, some plexiglass piece of thing or whatever. Um, but apparently, like, the same guy who built this lobster also made this giant potato. And hmm. it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure someone will correct that me. Is... But, yeah. It, either way, it's it, it's pretty good. Yeah, so I, I sent... Oh. Basically, I sent Peter a whole bunch of Pokemon gifts uh, from this um, lobster. Or, at the very least, I will once um, I get a chance to send all the gifts from the trip that I still have not sent because it's been a hectic week at work. Um, man, yeah. I'm really... You've missed out on my Vegas gifts. <laughs> my apologies. Um, but yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I'm like all over the place right now. Um, sorry, back to Shadiac. So that was that was our rest, like a little rest stop there just in the middle, middle there so that we could see this giant lobster. Um, it was then like another two hours on PEI, um, but we also got to go across the Confederation Bridge, which for uh, people who are unfamiliar with Canada's geography, 
there is a bridge running from mainland New Brunswick to PEI, which is 11 kilometers long, and I think possibly the longest uh, bridge over ocean waters in the world. Um, it takes, I'm looking that up now. Yeah, it takes like a good solid, like I think like eight minutes to drive across. It is insane. Um, but the cra- like one of the craziest things that I saw was like, they make a big deal of saying like absolutely no stopping on this bridge, but like in the event that you are accidentally stopped or like your car breaks down somehow, there is like an emergency phone like every five hundred meters. And sorry, I just want to interrupt. Yes. Um. Uh, yeah, the longest highway. Uh, this won't surprise you. When should I tell you? It's the thing in the Florida Keys. Ooh. That like giant thing that you've seen in, like, True Lies and, like, License to Kill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that thing. The Overseas Highway is the technical name. It's 113 miles. Okay. It's over 150 kilometers. I take it back. At the very least, we'll go with longest one over ocean in Canada? Definitely Canada, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking up longest Canada bridges, but go on. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that it's got some other, like, special... Um, record or something. Uh, no, it's the longest bridge in Canada, so no matter what, you're right. Yay! That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> also, Chris isn't here to tell me I'm wrong, so... Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like one of, the, one of the other crazy things with it, too, is because it's over the ocean, and it's like high up enough that it's going to be not affected by tides, or like boats and stuff can get underneath that sort of thing. Um, during high winds, they actually have like adjustable like speed limits on the bridge, because it, you can't go fast if it's that high with Winds, because the the one thing you absolutely do not want to have is uh, either watching a tractor trailer destroy part of the bridge as it tips over into the ocean, <laughs> or something like that, because of high winds. Like, or have your own car like lose traction or something on the bridge, especially like in the winter. Uh, yeah, it would be disastrous. Um, but anyway, that was another part of the trip that was pretty cool. We got to go across the bridge. Oh, and also, fun fact, you only have to pay the toll for the bridge on your way out of PEI. Because mm. I guess they kind of see it as, like, you're either going to take this bridge or the only other way onto the island, um, I guess aside from flying, probably out of, like, Charlottetown Airport or something, would be um, there's a ferry that goes off of, like, the, the southern part of the island uh, over to Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we... We'll consider that. I know we're planning to take a ferry when we visit Newfoundland eventually, but uh, that's because that's the only option for that one. But that's like an eight-hour ferry ride, so that'll be intense. Uh, But again, I have digressed. Uh, So PEI, uh, we got onto PEI, and it was it really lived up to the hype. Like a lot of people say that it's like it's very like calm and quiet, and everyone's kind of like down to earth and is very friendly. And I don't think we saw, like, any, like, grumpy or rude people, like, at all the entire trip. Like, the the closest thing I'd say is just, like, standard people kind of still drive like dicks, but that's just common anywhere you go in the world. Um, but yeah, like, the entire island, if you wanted to drive from, like, tip to tip, is about three hours in total. And so, like, well, yeah, once we hit the island, we uh, went to a little place called Northport, which is on the, it's like, it, try to think about this way to describe it. If you think of like PEI is kind of shaped a little bit like a spoon, 
it was like on like the inside concave part of the spoon and this was kind of facing the like easter or like kind of easter like yeah let's go east northeast part of the ocean and uh, from our hotel room there we could like see the ocean and we had a little um, deck that we could sit on although um difference in temperature between Fredericton and Northport was probably about 10 degrees difference. It was cold on PEI. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it, as we turned, as uh, we discovered and it turned out that uh, we were there about one week before everything really kicked into high gear for uh, tourism. And so like the, um, the restaurant that we wanted to go to that was like right next to the Northport Inn was uh, closed. <laughs> so, we ended up having to kind of readjust our plans a little bit there, but that was quite, that, that was its own story, which I'm getting to. Um, mm. But yeah, this, this hotel room, we were literally the only ones in the hotel room, the first, not the whole, t- yeah, the hotel, the whole thing, like for the first, uh, like that, that particular first night, there was nobody else there. And uh, the, I guess the lady who owns the place also, it was like the desk clerk, but she go. She was like, "Okay, if you need anything, you can call me. It'll go to my cell phone." But like, I go home at nine, so there was, wasn't anybody mm. on the desk clerk. So very small hotel, but again, yeah, whole, whole hotel, like maybe twenty rooms in total. We were the only ones in the building. It was great. So it just felt like we were. It was very peaceful. Everything was quiet. You could just like listen to the ocean. Um, which unfortunately was whistling through one of the doors, but still, it was an amazing view, um, and just it was really cool. Uh, now, on this trip, uh, we went to the PEI Potato Museum, and we also went to Green Gables, which uh, I got to learn a whole lot all about um, Anne of Green Gables and um, shoot, what was the what was the art or the author's name? That's right, Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Something. It's like That's something. Something I didn't Montgomery. Because. Hang on, looking it up. Yeah. Um, L. M. Montgomery. Hmm. Probably yeah. to hide the fact that they she was a woman. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, that's one Lucy of those things Maud back in Montgomery. the day. Montgomery. Yeah. Well, it's still a thing. I mean, that's why. Um, oh, you know, the... you know, the turf woman did it. Well, it's like in, I don't know, she wrote, she wrote the stories back in a time when, you know, men were especially dicks and um, were very rude to women. And it's like, oh, women can't write or do any of this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, but I think one thing I do remember is that I think it was like on the sixth time she sent it to a publisher, she got her book published. So, and she was like almost ready to give up and like, just like tucked the book, like the manuscript away in like a hat box or something for like a week. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to send it out again. And then on that sixth time, it finally uh, got published. Um, but then mm. I remember I remember hearing about like some of the show, some of the TV shows and stuff, like back when I was a small child. And I was like, "Oh, these shows look boring. They don't have cartoons or anything." But I do remember hearing about like um, Road to Avonlea or something was on um, on like the CBC or whatever back when I had like no channels. Um, but yeah, they're like. It was kind of cool because it was basically we the historic site was the farm that she grew up on, mm-hmm. and so like all the books I guess were like based off of like this little farm, um, and it was pretty cool. It had like a really cool walking trail. You could see some like really cool plants and stuff. And the, out of the 
things that she described in her book and poems and short stories, a lot of them were to do with like this little nature walk that we went on. And so like there's a reference to like all the different ferns that you could see and there were tons of them. Um, there's some really cool little flowers and stuff that like you just don't see el elsewhere. Um, also, like I think we saw like a little mouse running through the underbrush. Uh, there was like birds all over the place, and even like the bugs weren't all that bad there. But like bugs in Fredericton have been terrible. But I'll get to that again. Um, it was it was just a really cool kind of experience to see this stuff. Um, and we definitely went all touristy and like bought a whole bunch of stuff in the gift shop. Um, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, I got Mel a stuffed lobster because uh, I promised her one if, as soon as we find a good one. Um, we bought nice. we bought the actual book, um, and we also got uh, oh. shot glasses um, for PEI because we'd been for some reason or another we just have not owned shot glasses properly since we got to uh, PE. Er, the, New Brunswick, and mm. so it was. Well, this, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna point out, you know, having shot glasses that could come in handy for uh, extra life. That's true. Um, the I think the main thing that we really needed them for, though, was uh, any time that I like make a mixed drink for either myself or Mel, it's really hit or miss whether it's gonna be good or bad or really good, and. Mm. I'll be like, I think I did a pretty good job, and I'll hand it over to Mel, and she's like, holy crap, this is strong. <laughs> so, at least now I'll know exactly what I'm working on, and uh, I do that. Though, I was disappointed. I got one that had, like, a whole tank of lobsters on it, and one of them is just saying, who farted? And so, I feel like that one was perfectly for me. But, um, I went to wash the thing before, you know, we we used it at first, and it turned out it was, like, a static cling thing on the on the glass and it just came off and so I was a little disappointed in that because it wasn't very good quality um, <laughs> but anywho it still holds liquid and will most likely hold shots at some point soon um, that's good yeah um, although I did kind of jump into like Green Gables we I did want to get back to Potato Museum um mm. That one was pretty cool, and like we ended up leaving with potato chips because you have to. Um, but they yeah, you gotta get something from there. Exactly. But they, these guys, they also have like a giant potato out front, um, not yep. quite as big I'm as. Look at the um, photo of that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not quite as good as the the Mr. Peanut potato, um, because this one was just like a post with a giant potato on the top of it. But um, we still still got pictures with it. It was great. Um, we got to learn a little bit more about just how many varieties of potatoes there are, about how, like, Oof. actual potato seeds. You know what I didn't realize is that potato plants actually produce berries. And, like, it, I know it makes sense because yeah. all plants produce seeds. But usually the way that they, I think, move potato, quote-unquote, seeds around is they get these, like, little spudlets or whatever and, like, tiny little, like, pea-sized potatoes. And they use that to, like, start new potatoes. So. Random aside, uh, I just love the fact that in the neighborhood there's a bunch of Smallman farms, and there's and it's right around a place called Nutsford. Some about Smallman and nutting just amuses me. <laughs> I, I'm in that kind of a mood right now. Sorry, go on. That's super fair. 
I know I'm like we're talking about all the like the historic sites I went to, and it's like yay. Yeah, yeah, it's historic sites, and I'm just kind of looking around. I'm like, oh, that, that area looks interesting. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's a small yeah. moment. That also is a small moment. What's this place called? Nutsford. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Actually, I think that um, for those that might be interested in hockey, I do believe uh, O'Leary uh, PEI was one of the things, or one of the locations where they did like their. Um, like the outdoor classic or something, or they it was like Hockeyville, Ugh. Canada, or something. Because I do remember oh, seeing man, some signs called... for that. I was gonna say they got a place called the Halliburton Ironwoods. That's an amazing name. Halliburton Ironwoods. Yeah, that definitely yeah. sounds like a, the kind of guy you'd want to have like a drink with and listen to his stories. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like he, he just have like, like the best general... stories. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the crusty old general, uh, General Halliburton Ironwoods. First of his name, he was a colonel. <laughs> Only a man to get six different, uh, like a purple heart, a silver heart, and whatever. He, he got the whole set. He uh, he was able to challenge the gym leaders. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Back to Pokemon. Of course, it's always about Pokemon. Um, yep. Also, how come there isn't a potato Pokemon? And don't name the doof as that. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. I don't really work on that one. Even just calling, even just calling one Spuds with a Z or something. Like Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> and then he evolves into one that, like, where he has the eyes, but they're like tentacles. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I think you lost me. I don't know. Well, well heck, it, it, it wouldn't be a pretty Pokemon. That's fair. But also, like, what um, what generation should it have been in if there was going to be a potato Pokemon? Because the, um, the first the, probably Sword and Shield. Because if Sword and Shield's True. supposed to be Victorian London, you know, and you got the Irish potato cliche, surely there would be... I don't remember, I haven't played m- much Sword and Shield, mostly because I don't own it, but, like, there had to be an area in there that was kind of Irish-ish. Well, it, I think what it is, though, it's, like, it's based more on, like, lower UK. I don't think they quite got into, mm. like, Ireland or anything like that. However... Well, add an Ireland DLC. In, in Crown Tundra, I feel like they very much could have added that in, except Crown Tundra was more, I think, about just, like, adding all the crap ton of, like, legendaries that you could get. Mm. So, I feel like you definitely they could... They had the opportunity, but I feel like they squandered it. Maybe when they eventually yeah. do... When they do, like, um, Pokemon Canada or something? I don't know. Because right now they're doing Spain, so maybe when they inevitably decide, you like, let's do another... Pokemon uh, Moose and Beaver. Probably. That sounds about right. Or they could do the Maritimes. That could be fun. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you got New Brunswick, and, like, they probably have a gym owned by the Irvings or something. Um, Nova Scotia would have, like... I don't know, it could be like a, you go to the comedy festival and you have to like beat all the different comedians. Um, in PEI, there'd just be an endless stream of like potatoes. Um, in every, like, every, Anna, led by Anne. Exactly, Anne of the Green Gable Gym. Um, and she'd also have a lobster Pokemon for some reason. Oh, it, sorry, she'd have Corefish. Um, or, or maybe they didn't. Yeah. Or, oh, or... Um, Oh, what's the, shoot, what's the other one they just said? Klawitzer. That's the other one. That's a good one. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. So she, she, no, she just have all of the lobsters and, and like, and shrimp ones or whatever, as well as, um, um, I don't know, probably something plant. Like, I don't know. Um, and then when she gets to, or, or when you, when you character, so then take the fairy, you go over the water, so you have to fight all your water Pokemon and stuff. 
but then you get eventually get to Newfoundland, and there you just can't understand anybody. Like, at all. <laughs> and so, they're all just trying to have sex with you. I guess so. But, it's, well, yeah, and, that's, and all of a sudden, like, all of the other sexy... Um, um, gym leaders yeah. show up or whatever, and uh, the Pokemon professors are all there, and they're all hitting on you. And yeah, it's just, just like, all the sexy Pokemon I'm, characters from the past. I'm comfortable games. with this, and because you can't understand anybody, you have to only like um, learn to understand everyone through their Pokemon battles and stuff. And use the unknown again. Use the unknown to unlock the Newfie language. Exactly. Also, also, I I should probably explain the Newfie sex joke real quick. You might know this. But for those who don't, and that's probably some of you, Emily, I'm looking at you, uh, Newfoundland is statistically the most likely place for someone to have sex on a daily basis. It has the highest sex rate in Canada. Now, that is based on polls, so it's also likely they're just the highest rate of liars. (laughs) But. (laughs) I guess that's possible, too. I think they've finally gotten beaten, but they had the highest rate for, like, 15 years or something stupid like that. Well, they had something to do with them having, like, their own, like, half-hour-ahead time zone. Yeah. It's it's nutty. Something. I don't understand it at all, and, like, I know that's, like, one of the only other jokes that I can make about um, Newfoundland because I haven't really been there yet, but still, dang, like, it's... I, I also, they're raised on salt. On what? Salt. That's true. There's a lot of salt. The spice. <laughs> well, that's like a standard joke from Newfoundland comedians. It's like I'm raised on salt, pork, salt, <coughs> whatever you know, salt everything. And yet, this... uh, was there anything else you want to tell us about PEI? It sounds like yes. you had a good time. It was. It was a really good time. I got one. One last story for you, though. Go for it. So remember, I mentioned that the restaurant we wanted to go to was closed. So. Mm-hmm. Instead, we discovered um, in a place called uh, North Rustico, also PEI. Uh, so we mm-hmm. had to drive a little ways. Uh, it's actually pretty close to um, this whole area that we were in, like near Green Gables. It's called Cavendish, um, mm. also known as Cavendish Farms, where you get all of like the potatoes and French fries and stuff. With, like when you go to Costco and you get Costco fries, those are Cavendish Farm potatoes. Mm-hmm. And they're exquisite. Um, however, it's also, like, very, very touristy there. We drove by, like, a whole bunch of, like, theme parks with, like, roller coasters yeah. and stuff in them. And all Marco of this... Polo Land? I ha- didn't see that. But all of this stuff was closed down because, again, we were there one week early. <laughs> um, yeah. But what we did find was a little place called Fisherman's Wharf Lobster Suppers. And so... That's... Yeah, I've got that on my Google. Yeah. We, um... We went there, and we, we paid our X number of dollars or whatever, and we I got a one-and-a-half-pound lobster, and Mel got a one-pound lobster, and we got brought this, sorry, this giant red sea scorpion that we then um, got to uh, have the, uh, the good fortune to dismantle and consume. It was um, quite the experience. Uh, luckily, though, they um, they were nice enough to at least, like, cut through the different parts of the shell where normally you'd have to, like, use, like, a nutcracker or something. Um, mm. So it was it, they did make it a little bit easier on us. Um, but I do have a confession to make, and I feel very disappointed in myself because I really, really, really wanted to like lobster, but I don't, 
like after having tried it a couple different times, it's like the second time I've had like a full like lobster and stuff. I don't know if mm-hmm. I like lobster. That's fair. Like, I mean, I think it's mostly a texture thing because like it's got a richness to it, it's but I still think the flavor is that exciting. That's that, and that's what it is for me. It's like I know I. I one of the comedians early, like uh, Jim Gaffigan, he makes the joke, and it's like everyone's like, "What do you mean you don't like lobster? Everybody likes lobster." And he's like, "Yeah, I like the taste of butter too," and it's like, cause, "Yeah, exactly." Because ultimately, yeah, you get you get like little shot glasses of butter, and you get your lobster meat out, and you dip it in the butter, and then you eat it, and you're like, "Yay, it's tasty!" And it's like, "Cool," but it's also just like salt and fat, and that's also all the butter. Yeah. But like the it's lobster the... meat by itself, like it's not bad. But I feel like for all of the hype of like, hey, I'm going to spend $50 on dinner, and that's just for the main course of having a whole lobster brought to me. Like, you have a bite of it, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to have another bite, and another bite. And it's like, it's just, at what point does it start getting really good? And like, is there such thing as having a better lobster than another? Because like, it seemed to be cooked fine. It wasn't rubbery, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like that bad. But, like, I think there was one other thing, though, that really kind of, like, turned me off of the meal um, was, uh, the, like, the actual placemat that they give, they give you kind of gives you the instructions of, like, how to dismantle to get all the meat and food out of it. And, of course, you start with the claws, and that's good, and then you kind of, you, like, break the tail off of the body, and you can, like, take the, the tail meat out, because that's all really good, too. But once you've got the claws and the tail meat out, and making sure that you get, like, all the little bits that are also in, like, the the... the the other segments of like the claw it's like the, mm-hmm. uh like technically you can also like if they're big enough you can actually take apart the other smaller claws like on the like the other parts of the leg um mm. but there was what one of what happened when i took the, the tail off of mine um apparently there's something called uh i think i'm not looked it up i think it's called like tamale which is basically like the um it's like the leftover like liquids and juices and stuff in the body cavity all came rushing out and they were like very green. And I don't know about you, but like I can understand green in a salad, but when there's a green and meat involved, I got very turned off of the meal. <laughs> just to just yeah, it's it's very similar to tamale. It's tomale. Tomale, sorry. Yeah, or I think it's from the Caribbean word tomale. So it's like it's not the same as like the Mexican food, but you know it's in the same pronunciation wheelhouse. So just to clarify for our audio listeners, right? But yeah, so um, I was gonna comment. Yeah, lobster like it carries flavor well, but its natural flavor is not very remarkable. It reminds me a lot of filet mignon. Have you have you had a lot of filet mignons at all? I have not. Okay, so filet mignon. There's two reasons I find it's very good steak. Uh, and one of them is just because of the nature of it, in that it's there's not a lot of filet mignon in a cow. Right. Like, of the of the amount of meat you get from a cow, it's a very small portion. What, what, That's what one of the kind of meat so is it? It's like, it's, it's a little, it, it's like a sort of a cone-shaped thing somewhere, not too far from the butt, but not actually of the butt. Okay. I, if I'm remembering my the anatomy of cows, I don't know. Yeah, my but, but the point is like it's there's very there's very little like fat. it's like basically all it's a hundred percent eat, right? It's right. 
one of the most edible parts of the cow, but it doesn't carry in a lot of natural flavor. Hmm. But because it's like so perfectly textured, so perfectly like it's great for almost any like like one of the classic ways to get filet mignon is with bacon around it, which kind of leads to the same thing with lobsters. Like you know, I also like the taste of butter. It's like I also like the taste of bacon. Yeah, it's... but I'd still say there's more flavor in filet mignon than there is in lobster. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. Though it did it did kind of lead me to think of something though was seeing as like lobsters are for the most part, really crappy swimmers. Like, they, mm. they can basically, they could, like, by, like, scrunching up their tail, they can kind of shoot themselves backwards a little bit. Otherwise, they just crawl along the bottom and, like, they're, they're bottom feeders is essentially what it is. I'm wondering, like, mm-hmm. is it possible to actually, like, farm lobster? And, like, is that a thing that people do? Because I feel like they could. I'm almost certain. And, like, and if they can, then you can almost control what... Ex- Excuse me. Exactly what the lobsters are eating, and Matt, would that make them? Yes. I googled lobster farm. One of the first hits: How to create lobster farms. Fifteen steps with pictures. Wiki how. Aha. Uh-huh. So I see that it is. So. Uh, I I I'm not gonna say of course, but like yeah, you kind of walked into that one. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I just I feel like it would have been. I'm surprised that it's one of those things that they haven't done more of at this point. Because based on, like... I'm sure there's logistical problems with that, or they're hard to breed or something. I don't don't know. I feel like with most fish, they just kind of, like, just do their stuff in the water. But, I don't know, I just... I I guess they're... they're, You're probably right. It probably is, like, a logistical concerns thing or something like that, but... Yeah. I guess I'm sure you just made a marine biologist somewhere very sad with that statement. Too, I'm, but go on. I am completely and utterly uneducated in marine biology, but I just I'm again I'm just, I'm surprised that they have not found a way to um, to do it in the sense that like maybe by giving them a better um, maybe a better diet like you could get better flavor into the meat. I don't know if that's a thing that's possible, but I know that uh, I know that like when you're trying to like up like a chicken dinner and make it sound extra fancy. It's like, oh, it was only fed on the finest grains or whatever, and this chicken was named Hank, and he had lived a very good life, and all of a sudden now this this chicken is now worth, like, $50 more or something because it has a backstory. Um, or you can do the same thing with, like, a cow named Harvey or something. I don't know. But yeah. there's, I feel like <laughs> if you if you have a, like, instead of just, like, you walk into the, and you're like, I want that lobster for dinner, and... It's like, well, what's his backstory? It's like he came out of the ocean. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe when eventually they decide that like the ultra rich want extra extra fancy lobster, they'll have them like farmed or something. So, anyway, that's my rant um, about lobster. I was gonna because we we talked about this earlier. So the filet mignon is part of the tenderloin, and the tenderloin is only about two to three percent of the cow. Okay. And it's and it's like yeah, because the ass is where the round comes from. So round steaks are right. basically ass steaks. Right. It's just beyond that in the sirloin section. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I need to thing. be looking. I need to be looking at like the how to butcher. I'll I'll cow. show you the photo. Okay. I'll sh- I'll show you the photo on the podcast channel. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that was. It's like I'd seen it before, but I couldn't remember where uh, it was. Yeah. I knew it looked like a colon, but it's not a colon. But it's like you could see it being, you know what I mean? Right. 
filet mignon is just very tender butt. Changed my mind. Yeah. Anyway, um, that almost looks. It was good to hear about your tales from PEI. Yeah, and we had a nice, yeah. safe drive back, and it was great. And uh, PEI was a fantastic place. And since it was kind of an impromptu trip, uh, I guess I can just end it off with um, Mel and I are probably going back there for our anniversary. Nice. So we'll have a, a little bit more time to plan a trip, and because we, for the most part, kind of saw the northern part of PEI. We're gonna try and focus mm. our our trip uh, to kind of like the south southeastern part this time, or this next time coming up. And yeah, if so. I go to the Maritimes, I might check it out. Although, like the big place I want to check out is the uh, the Western Brook Pond in Newfoundland. Right. Plus, I don't think it's that far from Dildo. Ah yes. And of course, and we have to visit Dildo. Naturally. Uh, I mean. After all the talk of butt stuff this episode. Uh, <laughs> so, we're actually, that actually covered more of the episode than I thought it was going to, just because we got on that lobster That's tangent. That's true. And I, I know for the most part, I just, if I get talking, I can very much ramble and I go off on tangents. And mm-hmm. crap. Well, you and Chris also do the same did, thing. Where you did have I become very, the Chris short... of this episode? You kind of did. Oh, you heck. and Chris have the same thing where you don't pause as much between sentences, so it's harder to interrupt. So I usually have to interrupt you mid-sentence, and I don't like doing that a lot. <laughs> the so the one thing that go. I'll say makes me different, though, than Chris, is that if I know that you're trying to interrupt me, I'm like, oh, Chris, he has something to say, so I'm going to, like, pause or, like, let you in. Chris doesn't acknowledge that that happens. That just keeps going. This is the thing also, Chris, we love you, let... and we're sorry, but um, please be better. Yeah. It's a thing. We've acknowledged it. I mean, I, I still call him a Muppet sometimes, so. <laughs> Especially when he's, like, extra tired and, like, five beers deep or something. He's got kind of... Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, but I can't make too much fun of him. He's still trying to fix my suitcase, and I appreciate that. That's fair. Anyway, um, why don't we wrap up with this other thing you were talking about with, with May? I missed, the un- I missed all of this. You seem to know more about this than I do. Oh, yeah. Okay, so one of the things that happened in New Brunswick, they, I guess, I'm guessing they just piloted it this year uh, in an effort to kind of help out the bees as they're coming out of their um, winter hibernation. They decided to do what mm. they were calling No Mow May. Mm. So not like Movember or anything with mustaches, but this time it basically was, hey, for about a month or so, let's let the lawns get a little crazy. And so, like city public, like city lawns or whatever, were unmowed, and a lot of people also were on board. I'd say probably about, sorry, about three out of five lawns or so were just like got real jungly out there. Um, mm. Now, this is all for the purpose of letting kind of any dandelions that grow are now going to be good food for the bees, and the bees will be able to kind of get get started up again. And it's all good. Now, unintended consequence, being the Maritimes that this is, um, and New Brunswick in general, this being a place where there's a lot of stagnant water, um, we didn't so much out help the bees, but um, there are now swarms of very, very hungry mosquitoes everywhere. I'm not even kidding. At one point, I was delivering shingles for my job. And the guys had, like, stirred up enough of the bugs and stuff in this unkept lawn 
that you literally could not look anywhere in a 365, like 360 degree radius without seeing about 40 mosquitoes in your exact field of vision. Whew. And we had to unload like, I think, yeah, I think it was about 40, no, I can't remember now. It was like, it was more shingles than I'd care to count because the whole time was like, if I stop moving for even a second, I'm going to lose like half of my body mass and blood. It was, Ugh. they, they were hungry. They were vicious. And it like, as soon as we like closed the cab of the truck, we had like probably like 10 just in the cab of the truck with us because either they were upon our person or they just like bewilderingly flew into the open doors while they were open for that brief time. And it was miserable. <laughs> but like the the two the two springs that I have been in New Brunswick, they have the mosquitoes haven't been all that bad. The worst place that they were was the brief month and a half or two months that I was working at Kent, where we literally had our lumber yard right next to like a big forest. But uh, the lumber y- yard that I'm currently working at. Um, doesn't really have that. There's a little bit of grass, like, next to, like, a rugby field and stuff or whatever, but, like, it's not that bad. It never has been that bad. But this year, Mm -hmm. it's, like, anywhere that we go on delivery, if it's anywhere close to a place called Majorville, then basically you better be putting on bug repellent or you're going to come back with 13 bites. It's... But it's it's savage how many mosquitoes there are right now. I can't get over that it. That is bad. I hate mosquitoes. Yeah. I puff up like crazy when I get stung with them. I'm not allergic to them, but like I just have an inverse. Any insect bite always seems to affect me harshly. Mm-hmm. It's I've, just one of those things. I have bad history with mosquitoes as well. Like one of the first jobs that I ever did, I was um, I was kind of helping do groundskeeping for the my painter boss, the guy I was working for had uh, about, I think it was a three-quarter acre property, and this included um, a lot of, like, a lot of grass area, so he'd usually go on the ride-on mower, and I'd use the weed whacker, and it'd take me about an hour, hour and a half or so to weed whack around the entire property, but one day, I remember one day specifically, I forgot my bug repellent, and he's just like, you know, just, just see what happens, just, you know, just go ahead, go do it, or whatever. I came away from that with like 17 bites on my arms and legs. I was so itchy for, for so long. I was, I, I couldn't handle it. Like I was very, very uncomfortable. And I, I know it's not a, a real bold statement, but I have a seething hatred for mosquitoes. And I know I shouldn't really hate things, but mosquitoes are right up there. <laughs> it's no, I agree with you. Mosquitoes suck. And not just make it a stupid pun. I hate them. Yeah. I would absolutely be the guy. It's like, hey, there's. If someone told me, hey, there's mosquitoes over there, I would get out a flamethrower and just be like, burn mosquitoes. Even though that probably wouldn't do anything. What I what actually one of the things I I remember learning about was um, that uh, dragonflies are really good at catching mosquitoes like out of midair, and I now want mm. to learn how to breed dragonflies so that a they're cool as hell. Um, and B, they can eat all of the mosquitoes that are currently at my work, and I will then be a happy boy. Um, so, let's get on that. If anyone who knows how to breed dragonflies, please let us know in the comments. Um, I don't know, are we kind of getting close to the end here? Did you want to, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? 
Uh, I just had it. I was going to make a thing of, about a news article just because I thought it was kind of funny, but it's actually kind of a dour note to end on, so I won't do that. Okay. It's, um, it's so much more interesting comment. to know that um, dragonflies have an octagonal-shaped penis. Um, mm. So I'll just pull out that random fact for everyone to enjoy. Actually, okay, I can't, okay, I can't remember if it's a, a hexagon or an octagon, um, but I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. Should we find out right now? Uh, you know what? Sure. Okay. I was, I was, I'm not going to make penis the title of the episode in any way, so we're fine doing this. Uh, this is, is going to be an episode. I'm going to love this. It's gonna, we're going to talk about Pokemon, PEI, uh, lobsters, and insect penises. That's basically what this episode has become. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, I think I might have been, I must have misremembered it, but um, it, the the penis has a shovel shape to it. Um, basically, mm. in the event that um, um, the female dragonfly has already been, um, uh, it basically, like, basically, has already been impregnated by another male. The the, mm-hmm. the male that now comes along can basically scrape out the other dragonfly's sperm and impregnate the female with his own sperm. So, the more you know. Yeah. So. Um, actually, I had a thought, because I don't have time to really talk about wrestling, but I brought up the fact that I, 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 I used a remake Hybrid Heaven sign last week when I went uh, when I was in Vegas for the wrestling show I went to. Uh, Matt, are you familiar with Hybrid Heaven at all? Is uh, if it's a wrestling thing that I have nothing, nothing at all. It's a Nintendo sixty four game. Ooh, okay. Did you play Nintendo sixty four games at all? I did not own one myself. Um, this was mm. back in the time of my life where if I could make friends with someone who had an N sixty four, then they were going to be really good friends with me for a while. Ex- exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right, I need to tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this episode. I'm not gonna talk about wrestling exactly, but I'm gonna talk about Hybrid Heaven. So, okay, Hybrid Heaven is a one and done by Konami, because uh, it was developed by Konami uh, back in um, this is actually yeah this is back in 1999. So this was a game for the Nintendo 64. And now, fun fact about the Nintendo 64, uh, for those who aren't familiar. It had basically no RPGs. It had like five. It was it was you know it had a lot of shooters. It had a lot of platformers. Had a lot of racing games. And of course, had the original Smash Brothers. You know, it was cutting edge in a lot of ways. But what it didn't really have was RPGs. So Hybrid Heaven immediately stands out as one of the only RPGs on the game or on the uh, platform. So the premise is basically the X Files. As you play as uh, Mr. Diaz, who is a synthetic human, he's he's a, he's a hybrid of alien DNA and human DNA, right? Which is a flat out a plot from the X Files. So that's what the Black Oil uh, hybrid project is. That's a major subplot in X Files, and this leads to. Um, but what quickly happens is they find out there's a conspiracy to replace the president with a hybrid clone. Naturally. So, and 
Diaz, despite being one of their agents, suddenly murders the president's, um, is he chief of security? Yeah, he's one of the bodyguards, uh, Johnny Slater. Diaz meets him and immediately shoots him on orders of a weird psychic voice in his head. Huh. You know, which always makes him look sane. Of course. Like, and it, the voices in and, my head said and, so. Well, it, it get, the reason he's told this is because it turns out that wasn't Johnny Slater. That was a hybrid. And the real Johnny Slater is actually Mr. Diaz. Okay. Yeah, you shot the man who was replacing you. Because you yourself were replacing another man. Huh. Confused yet? Yeah, I, So what? Like... <laughs> this is the kind of insanity that's going on. And while this is all going on, Johnny made a promise to his girlfriend to meet her at, at the uh, Rockefeller tree in New York in time for New Year's. Of so he has to he has to save the world from aliens in time to go be with his girlfriend on New Year's Eve. Aww. Or it, or it might be Christmas Eve. One of the two. Uh, yeah, one of the two. No, sorry, he's in New York and he has to get back to the White House in time. That's the plot. But the reason it's related to wrestling at all is the combat system. So normally in an RPG, you maybe have party members, right? Right. Like, say, three three to five typically is the typical spread. Um, if it's a party-based RPG. Some are just, you know, solos, like Dark Souls and whatever. In this case, your party members are your limbs. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can level up your body parts. <laughs> huh. <laughs> because the combat system is this weird, weird mix of punches, kicks, and grappling moves. So you level up your arms and legs to be able to do, like, double high kick, one roundhouse kick combos or whatever, or, you know, double hook punches into a uppercut. And one of the big things is you can later unlock the ability to do, like, suplexes and body drops and whatever. Of course. So it's effectively a pro wrestling RPG with, the, with an X-Files plot. This very much sounds like something right up your alley. Right, this is this is like the most bullshit, insane thing. How, how to understand this why I've been for extra life yet? Well, this is the thing because it's like it was one of the two games I was was really hoping would be on the N sixty four thing on the Switch. Right, and the other one was Winback, which was I've already talked extensively about Winback. How it's basically a proto Metal Gear, and or not quite proto. It's like they made it around the same time as Metal Gear. And it ended up being, like, one of the first cover shooters. This is one of the most unique RPGs I've ever played. It does not hold up well, because, like, you know, it's an N64 game. Of course. Right? So the platforming shit, there's a lot of stuff they did that probably wouldn't have, they wouldn't do again. Like, all the guns you can get in the game auto-hit, which is oh. really annoying if the bad guys use them, because it means they auto-hit you. Right. So it can lead to... T- and, like, you, you learn abilities by getting hit by them by the enemy. You're, oh. like, a blue mage. Yeah. Oof. So, like, there's some stuff that could have been polished, but I just love the idea that it's like you're leveling up your limbs to learn how to do wrestling moves <laughs> on, like, all manner of monsters. Because it's like, you fight alien-human hybrids so you look normal, but you also fight, like, mutants they've created, like dudes with blades for hands. Of course, because why not? Like, Yeah. Well, it adds variety, and, like, there's robots, too. And so you find, like, elemental guns they can shoot lightning or whatever. Okay, now, the one thing that's immediately come to mind, because you talk about, like, leveling up limbs, um, did they put anything in place to make sure that you didn't just level up just your left leg? 
or just your right arm and like everything else can be like level one but i've got like a level 50 right arm and basically look like like quagmire from that one episode where he's like stuck in oh yeah, yeah where he where he masturbates yeah yeah uh n- i'm pretty sure no matter what they all get xp but the more you use a certain limb the more it becomes your favorite limb and at the same time limbs can be disabled because i'm pretty sure they have their own health bars ah been a while, but I'm pretty sure they had their own health bars. You see, I I, I want to take Chris's approach to Pokemon games though, where I just like anytime I get like like experience that I can like directable experience, I just put it into my right arm. So eventually, I just be able be able to like one punch man everything. And like yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, basically you just like go around and be like, hey, we're gonna fight you, and you're just like, no, boom, and it's like 999 health damage. Or something I don't know. I I have no yeah, idea enough possible. about this game, but like, yeah, if you just yeah. like complete, like, is it possible to completely break it that way? Is what I want to know. Oh, my favorite part is they apparently created this game to try to do because like this was made by a Konami sub studio, like the one in Osaka, right? And they did this apparently. I'm just reading this on the Wikipedia. Apparently, they wanted to follow up Konami's own Metal, like the Konami home bases. Metal Gear Solid, and they're like, we could do a conspiracy thriller too, and this is what they made. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, it's great. That does sound pretty fantastic. Oh, they're citing Blade Runner as an inspiration. I guess that makes sense, but eh. man, I feel bad because I, <laughs> I, I I really need to watch that movie now. Like I I know that they did like Blade the Runner? remake, but yeah, like also um we were watching Bob's Burgers, and they just like. Mm. On, on Disney Plus, they just like released an episode that was like heavily influenced by Blade Runner, and I was oh, like, it's one of the most popular things to be influenced by. I know, but like, I feel I feel dumb because it's like out of all the different science fiction franchises and stuff, like I know that's mm-hmm. more of just a science fiction movie. I still haven't seen it, and like, it's been remade, it's been referenced heavily, and I feel like I'm if I watch it, all of a sudden a lot more is gonna like click into place for me. Oh, it hasn't been remade. Well, not remade, but, like, they did a sequel. They did a sequel, yeah. I'm, Matt, I'm going to make this easy for you. There's, like, 20 different cuts of Blade Runner. Find the final cut. That's the one you should probably watch. Ah, okay. Because the theatrical cut has a really bad voiceover by Harrison Ford where it sounds like he basically somebody had a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. And then the director's cut is possibly a little too self-indulgent. It's a little too slow at points. The final cut kind of, it gets rid of the narration, but it cuts down on the more self-indulgent scenes. Gotcha. So that's a good compromise. Okay. Uh, and then I do recommend the sequel as well. I really like Blade Runner 2049. Fair enough. I will make sure I look yeah. for the final cut. We gotta, we gotta do a bunch of movie nights, because uh, Chris also hadn't seen uh, Goodfellas, so I, I gotta show him that at some point. Man, yeah, we definitely need to do, like... A car bomb movie night or something, because I also have not seen Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Next time you're back in town, let me know. I'll have you guys yeah. over, or we'll do it at his place or something, and we'll just all watch Goodfellas and Blade Runner. Right. I, and, and it'll take us all day. Think likely, the next time I'll be in town, I'll be pretty busy, because, uh, yeah, I think it'll be sometime around October, but I, I think we're still planning coming back for Christmas, and it would be another, um, another Kelowna Christmas, so possibly sometime around there. But following that, the next time we'll be back in BC will be um, with our vehicle because we're going to be heading back. So nice. we are very close right now to 
one year from leaving PEI or New Brunswick. I my my brain's stuck on PEI. I'll probably move there for the next like three months or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah. We're yeah we're rapidly running out of time in the Maritimes, and uh, and we'll be back in BC where everything is slightly less salty. Well, the people are saltier, but I don't know. Oh, there's so much salt. Yeah. Except I even got into the cults around here that I saw the other day. Ooh. It's uh, the, the cult of the Can- the Canadian flag, or that we're talking, or yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's an offshoot of all that. It's a story yeah. for another day, and we don't need to end this That's on a fair. dour note. Yes. Uh, Instead, let's thank uh, you for being here, Matt. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm glad I, you didn't have to do this alone, and uh, we were able to start a little bit earlier than normal because uh, yeah, it's it's going on eleven o'clock here, and I'd have to work in the morning, so. Thank you yep. very much. Um, and just for everyone, remember, uh, if you're not playing Pokemon Go right now, um, how come? Um, you really should. It's uh, It's gotten a lot better than it, its, uh, its rocky start. Uh, also, there's now some really sexy Pokemon professors that definitely are in your area. Um, and, uh, yeah. I was going to say, guess. Leader Sierra... She looks like, what if they took Lulu from Final Fantasy X and put her in Pokemon? Oh, and she very much is condescending to you, so if that happens to be... Oh, yeah. um... She will step on you. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and, I mean, uh, Lulu kind of would too, come to think of it. And I guess um, if you happen to be looking the other direction, uh, Cliff has all of the muscles and is a very loyal, loyal person, so you, you could also go that way. Uh, if you wish, um, but uh, if you, if you happen to like Arlo, I guess you just like big round glasses. I don't know. Arlo is very I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. You know what? Let's leave it to the imagination. It's, we're trying it's, to wrap up. Know, yeah, we'll say it's it's like the it's like in the very first question you get asked about Pokemon professors: Are you a boy or a girl? Um, and if the like, I know that it's no longer a dichotomy, but uh, I feel like they're very nondescript. I don't know. And that's perfectly okay. Um, So, anyway. um, Pride week. Yay! I mean, by the time this episode comes out, I'm probably going to be downtown at the Pride Festival, so... Fair enough. Alright, well, make sure you have a good time. I'm hoping that it's not raining all day tomorrow as I go to work, and uh, I don't know. I need a better outro. Well, I was... I mean, I was going to say, you're Matt, I'm Peter, and here's the outro. Shabow! Three, two, one. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, tailpipe tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Also, we never did figure out what has an octagonal penis. <laughs>